You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning, this is Michelle Buntham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast. I'm so happy to be back on with you today. Um, There have been just a number of challenges in my life and in in the way that I have been doing things that God has really been ministering to my heart about and speaking to me about, and He's adjusting things. So we've been away from social media for a few weeks, just trying to get our handle and, and prayerfully walk through what transition looks like so that we can reach you with what what you value but we can also do the other things that God is calling us to do in the meantime and so now here is where I want to go today I want to tell you the story of a particular man his name was Joseph and we find his story in all four of the gospels so I want to read Matthew's account of Joseph and I want to read John's account of Joseph, and then I want to read Mark's and Luke's account of Joseph because I remember the first time that I read this particular passage of Scripture in the book of Mark and then again in the book of Luke because my mind was wrapping itself around what it meant to live not only toward the kingdom of God, but to live from it. And so listen to this. Jesus has been arrested. He has been tried and found guilty, although Pilate washed his hands of the whole matter. He has been scourged and made to carry a cross of public scorn, shame, and spectacle to Calvary, where they nailed him to that cross, and he suffered a horrible death so that you and I could be free, so that every person watching, if they would receive what he offered them, could be free of sin and the consequences of sin, which is death. And so he dies on the cross. And here's what happens next. Verse 57 of Matthew chapter 27. Now when evening had come, there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. Now listen to this. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then Pilate commanded the body be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. So now let's turn over to John chapter 19. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus, and Nicodemus, which we're going to talk about Nicodemus tomorrow, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. That's a lot, right? Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with spices, and as was the custom of the Jews, is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. So 
Joseph of Arimathea prepared this tomb. He had hewn it out of rock and he prepared this tomb. And when Jesus was crucified, he made that tomb available to Jesus. Now, what you may not realize is that in Hebrew culture, in the Jewish tradition, once a body had been put in a tomb, it could not be used again to bury another body. It was reserved for that one body. So Joseph of Arimathea was giving a very valuable possession away to bury Jesus. He was a disciple of him. He had walked with him. I imagine like the other disciples, he was a little bit taken back by the events of the day. So let's see what Luke has to say about our friend Joseph, why don't we? So if you'll turn to Luke chapter 24 and verse 50, it says, Now behold, and this is getting good, there was a man named Joseph, a council member. What council? Well, the Sanhedrin was the ruling council of the Jews. And so he was a council member. He was a good and a just man. He had not consented to the decisions and deeds that the other members of the council had participated in. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom. He was waiting for the kingdom of God. Do you hear that? He was a disciple of Jesus, but he was also on the ruling council. He didn't agree with what the ruling council had decided to do about Jesus and the actions that they had taken. Verse 52, this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee, the women who had come with him, capital H, Jesus, from Galilee followed after and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. So catch this. Joseph of Arimathea was not just a man who was looking forward to the kingdom of God, but he was a man who was a disciple of Jesus who was living from the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He recognized something special. He had hewn out this tomb. Who knows why? But I'm pretty sure God had something to do with it, don't you think? He had hewn out this, ro this rock to make a tomb for Jesus' body. This would have been an expensive endeavor, and it would not have been easy. The preparation would have taken a, a bit of time, right? Because they didn't have jackhammers and power tools. No, they had chisel and hammer. But Joseph of Arimathea prepared a place for Jesus. And when the time came for Jesus to die, he went and got his body and put it in that tomb. Who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage. It took a great amount of courage, courageous faith for Joseph of Arimathea to go to Pilate and ask for Jesus' body. But in 44, it says, Pilate marveled that he was already dead. See, Pilate was expecting this to take a little time. And summoning the centurion, he asked if 
Jesus, he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. And then he bought fine linen. Joseph bought fine linen and took him down, Jesus, and wrapped him in the linen. And, and he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn of the rock. And, the roll, and he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. So as we conclude today, I want you to catch that. He was a man looking forward to the kingdom of God. This is a man who was on the ruling council. This is the Sanhedrin. This is where the scribes, the Pharisees, the Essenes, and the Sadducees all hung out and made decisions. They had some pseudo-authority over their community, even though Rome had the governing authority. They had given some right to this Jewish council to govern their own affairs. They could address issues where someone broke one of their Hebrew traditions and laws with a stoning. That's how much life and that's how much power and authority they had been given by the country of Rome, by the governor. And Joseph of Arimathea took a great risk to go to Pilate secretly, quietly, and ask for Jesus' body to be buried. And it says that Pilate was amazed that Jesus had died in such a quick amount of time. You see, when you live not just toward the kingdom, but he was a disciple of Jesus. He lived from the kingdom. You're focused on doing the will and the purpose of God no matter what stands against you. This is what we learned from Joseph of Arimathea. You're bold. You make a courageous decision in faith, knowing that if God called you to it, he'll see you through it. And God did see Joseph of Arimathea through that decision. And they laid Jesus' body to rest. And it says the tomb was close by. I have a friend who recently went to, to Israel on a tour. And the gentleman who took them, they were driving over this, this spot in a car. And she had this just overwhelming sense of grief on her. She got very emotional. And then she... The, the, the man taking them on the tour turned around and pointed over her shoulder out of the back window of the car and said, that's where Jesus was crucified. And she felt it in her being. And then when he took them down to the, where the tomb was, it turns out that where Jesus was crucified was directly on top of the tomb where his body was buried. That's a powerful realization. It says it was close by and they laid them there because mostly it was convenient. But it says that Joseph of Arimathea had this tomb hewn out of the rock, which means it would have taken some time. He couldn't have known Jesus was going to die because they didn't decide that. But in the short period of time between his arrest after the Passover meal, and his crucifixion the next day. They couldn't have known. But there was that empty tomb. 
ready for Jesus to be laid in it. And it's a very expensive sacrifice that Joseph made. Because no one else could be buried in that tomb once someone was laid in it. Even though Jesus rose from the dead, no one else could lay in that tomb and use that tomb. So what do we learn from Joseph of Arimathea? One, that the way you live toward the kingdom of God stems from being a disciple of Jesus. We cannot understand or know the kingdom of God without first being a disciple of Jesus. And a disciple of Jesus is not just a follower. It's a student. It's an adherent to his ways and his purpose. You see, the other Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and Essenes, they miss the coming of Jesus. Why? Because it looked different than they wanted it to look. Bill Johnson writes about this in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth. And he says they they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And they were threatened by the displays and the way the people valued what Jesus was doing. See, it takes courageous faith to step out and do something that everybody around you would oppose. And that's what it means to live in the kingdom of God. Courageous faith. Faithful obedience. Be a disciple of Jesus. And live toward looking for the kingdom of God. You see, we live in a supernatural reality. And a natural reality. We live here on earth in our natural bodies for a temporary period of time. But we are also, as Paul writes in Ephesians, seated right now in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We have dual citizenship, if you will. We have this earthly temporary visa kind of citizenship that plants us here. And we are strangers and aliens in this world. And then we have this eternal destination with Jesus. And we are seated with him there right now. And he is at the right hand of his father. This is good news, friends. The good news of the gospel of Jesus is more than salvation. It's a life lived in courageous faith. Being a disciple, a student of who Jesus was. And letting him come fully alive in you. And live through you. And recognizing there's a supernatural reality that we are partakers of. And we are to bring that supernatural reality where we are seated right now in heavenly places with Jesus into our earthly reality and transform not only ourselves, but the culture around us. Jesus wants to transform every part of this earth into his kingdom. He paid the price for it. Shouldn't he get what he paid for? This is all the time that I have for you today, but tomorrow we're going to dig into Nicodemus' story in John chapter 3. And then we're going to look at some things that Jesus said to the Pharisees who challenged him. And then we're going to move right along, and we're going to begin to examine the qualities of the kingdom of God. What is it we're supposed to be stepping into and praying toward in our lives today?
What is it we're supposed to be activating in our spirits? What is it just Jesus want to do in us, through us, as us, as I have said before? That's not original to me. I've heard somebody else use that term and I picked it up. I can't tell you who the original quote was, but I can tell you it was my friend Judy that I heard say it for the first time. You see, we've been living this thing backwards, but the kingdom of God is an upside down and backwards proposition. It doesn't make human sense. That's why it takes courageous faith and confident hope. So tune in tomorrow to hear more about Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and (coughs) the kingdom of God. I can't wait to share more with you. This is burning like a fire shut up in my bones. And as we move through this and we continue to talk, we're going to begin to talk about revival because I feel like we're coming to this season. Pentecost is just around the corner. The months and days are flying by. Here comes Easter and after that is Pentecost. And Pentecost is when God changed everything for the early church. And I believe we've got a a day coming when he is going to change everything for the church today. And I want to be on the front side, not the back side, watching it go by. So Jesus, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that you're coming again. We thank you that you're a good shepherd, that you're a good Jesus, that you're a good savior, that you're a good son, and that you have a good father. And that we can call him Father because of you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk in this life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Be sure to go to our website, bloominginspirednetwork.com, and check out the things that we have going on. There's a lot under the events tab that you should check into. We're doing our Mark study tomorrow on Saturday. We will be in Mark chapter 12. We're walking our way to the cross and through resurrection into the Great Commission through the eyes of Mark over the next few weeks. And so join us there. We have um, live Bible study going out on Facebook Live Saturday mornings at 10.30 in the morning. That's facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired. Also, we have um, a retreat coming up, the Passion to Purpose Retreat. All the details are really on the website. So if you'd like to register for that, visit bloominginspirednetwork.com. Click the events tab. Click on the retreat information. Fill out that contact form. I'll invoice you. Um, This is the last day to register and break up into three payments after today you can either register and pay in full or register and break up your payment into two payments again that's uh 225 for two nights five meals and all the good stuff in between got some fabulous things planned including um a mission focused coffee event so i'm just going to leave you with that and let you know that we're going to have a mission focused coffee event that evening and we are going to do some fabulous things together in april april 4th through the 6th where we'll be encouraging you to discover your passion and if you already know what you're passionate about that'll be good review for you as we talk about how to equip you for purpose and what your next steps might 
be. There's going to be some creative elements. There's going to be some prophecy. There'll be additional times uh, uh, on the break on Friday for some ministry appointments. A coaching appointment is $25. A ministry appointment is $25 additional. And you can go ahead and let me know about that on the contact form. And then uh, you can sign up for those. And that just helps to compensate uh my team for their time spent with you that day and so anyway um it's it would be a real blessing for me to have you on the t trip with us we are i'm not going very far from home we are going to be right here in granbury texas at a house on the lake here um, nearby and we've got plenty of space for 10 people as well as a few team members, and I would love to have you join us for that. Bloominginspirednetwork.com, click the events tab, and I want to remind you, as I always do, that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So live your lives. You have been listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast on Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and select the podcast link at the top of the page. Thank you for listening.